0: Welcome to Gathering Gold, a podcast for highly sensitive souls. I'm Cheryl Paul, a counselor trained in the
1: Jungian depth psychological tradition. And I'm Victoria Russell, Cheryl's niece and co-host. This podcast explores
0: some of the themes highlighted in my book, The Wisdom of Anxiety, and my Conscious Transitions blog. Join us as we dive into the realms of our inner worlds to ask deep questions, grow more self-trust and self-love, and embrace sensitivity, creativity, and the rhythms of the natural world. If you would like to connect with me, Victoria, and others in the Gathering Gold listener community and support the podcast to help us continue our work, please consider joining our Patreon patreon.com slash gathering gold.
1: To learn more about Cheryl's course offerings, including courses to support you in breaking free from anxiety in all forms, learning to trust yourself, and becoming more comfortable with uncertainty, please visit Cheryl's website, conscious-transitions.com. You can also find us on Instagram, Cheryl is at Wisdom of Anxiety and I am at Perennials Podcast. Thank you for listening. So, Cheryl, today we're talking about slowing down. And I think this topic kind of came up because in our last episode about deep conversations, we talked about how having deeper conversations takes time and how slowing down to notice what's happening in your body what's happening with the other person their body language their responses it takes some slowing down to notice and to go deeper and to spend the time together to build the trust and the relationship to have those deeper conversations And to have the deep conversations with yourself in your own reflection time. And I also think we are in kind of the dog days of summer now where at least you and I are where we live in the world. Mm -hmm. Where we are getting some really hot days. Mm -hmm. And I don't know about you, but I just tend to want to slow down. Yeah. On those days and even if you're in winter in the other hemisphere winter calls for its own kind of slowing down with those shorter days and more inwardness so it just feels like a moment to kind of reflect on what it means to slow down and if we have some resistance to slowing down what is that about and It feels like even doing this episode, I can envision people seeing the title of the episode and just thinking, oh, that sounds boring. (laughs) I don't want to slow down. (laughs) Or, oh, is this just going to be another like overly simplified kind of righteous or romantic like, just slow down, everyone. Just slow Mm -hmm. down. When we know That's not always easy, but it feels important to me because I find it difficult, and I know that in times when I'm working the most, like really fast, just like constant working and multitasking, and my brain is going a mile a minute, I can't even slow down enough to sleep at night Mm. properly. And I know that a lot of people struggle with slowing down. And it's not about slow is good and fast is bad. Like you and I both have our fast modes that are good mm-hmm. and important. And we know people who like really live in fast mode and thrive off of it. They love that. Mm-hmm. And it's important, it serves its function. We have all these different gears, they're all important. They all. Serve, but it feels like collectively, especially in the US and Western culture, we just find it harder and harder to slow down. Yeah. And so we actually wanted to just try to live into some slowness in this very episode. So I'm going to let pauses and silences linger longer than I do in other episodes, because Cheryl and I will have some silences and pauses that I'll edit down when I edit the episode, because it's like, people don't have the, it's not even just the attention span. Like if I'm listening to another podcast, and there's a pause that's longer than like two seconds, I check my phone to make sure that Mm -hmm. It's it's not broken, you know? <laughs> like, I think that something's yes. wrong if there's silence for more than two seconds. Yes. So if you hear silence in this episode for a couple seconds, your phone's probably not broken. It's just we're going to let that be. Hmm. Mm.
0: I'm feeling so happy and relaxed listening to you speak slowly and choosing your words thoughtfully as you always do. And I'm feeling, I noticed, I was feeling calmer about going into this episode than I have in previous, some episodes where we are trying to unpack something really big and make sure we hit some really important points. But here it's more of an allowing topic and I feel less pressure. I feel this invitation to be slow in this next hour with you to not have to be quick with my thoughts and my responses and my ideas to allow for the spaciousness and allow for what arises. We talked about this episode ahead of time, but we're also really open to exploring What emerges when we set an intention of slowness? And I believe and know in my bones that such richness is birthed from slowness, that creativity, even the birth of a baby. It happens over a period of nine months in a very quiet, dark, slow environment. And it can't happen any other way. And so I'm excited to see what is birthed in this space with you. Almost like we're inviting slowness to come join our conversation. Like slowness is an animal, a being, an entity. That slowness has its own energetic field. And I think, globally, we are being asked to slow down, and we resist it with everything we have, but that slowness keeps trying to get our attention. When are you going to listen, humans? We're going too fast. And like you said, Victoria, it's not that fast is good and slow is bad. You said it so beautifully when we spoke before the recording. It's just that we neglect slow like we neglect quiet and we neglect darkness, these energetically feminine qualities that we override because we've all been conditioned to favor the masculine, the fast, the achievements, the productivity, the loud, but here slowness waits for us to notice her and i feel like this episode is in reverence to slowness
1: i love how you just Describe that reverence to slowness and slowness, like a being that's with us. Mm. Oh, I love that. And I feel like even the little seed of idea for this episode came from this place of we had just done the deep conversations episode. And I just had this feeling of, I just want us to do what we talked about Mm. in terms of that presence. I just want to do it and not just talk about it. Mm. (laughs) Mm. And as you were talking, something came to me. Mm. About the shame around slowness. Mm. Like, I definitely have a very fast gear because I grew up in New Jersey <laughs> and I grew up with drive throughs and mm. MP3s when I was, you know, once I was in. Middle school, high school, like I, I grew up with a lot of instantaneous yes. gratification and things at my fingertips. And New Jersey, the suburb of New York City, where it's like I one time was trying to cross the street in Central Park and there were all these bikers. And I was tentatively trying to figure out how I could get through all of the bikers. Mm. And this one woman on her bike, frustratedly, just looked at me and said, okay, make a decision (laughs) as she went past me. (laughs) And so I have my fast gear, but I also as a person tend to move more slowly in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. I moved in with my boyfriend when we had been together for six or seven years something like that you know i take my time with big decisions and big developmental steps and i take a long time to get ready for things and to make decisions Mm. and often i've gotten this feedback from people of this frustrated make a decision (laughs) like that woman Mm. on the bike Mm. Or why do you need so much downtime? Why do you need so much rest? Come on, just come come to this other thing with us, this other function. Mm. So I think there's actually a certain shame around it too. Yeah.
0: You know one of the things I love most about you <laughs> is the pace at which you eat.
1: i eat so slowly
0: (laughs) it's so beautiful like i have this mental image of you being here for that first time when you had just graduated from college and we were eating and i can just see you taking your time with each bite and chewing it slowly I hesitate to even use the word slowly because Mm. it almost does imply some judgment.
1: Mm.
0: I'm such a slow eater. Like that's a bad thing when it's just your rhythm. It's only slow in comparison to other people. But like what you were just speaking to, I think is so important this piece about one's own rhythm and needing longer than maybe the average person to make decisions, to um, step into the next transition or milestone, like with one's partner. And I hear this quite often in my clients and then the shame. Why is this taking me so long? Everyone else seems to do this more quickly. So the shame when your own pace and rhythm is slower than the mainstream timeline, I think is a really important piece, is tuning into one's own Rhythm, because we are very much like a factory in our culture, starting from the very beginning with children. This is when kids are supposed to be talking. And if they're not talking by that age, there's something wrong. And sometimes there might be something that needs some attention, but sometimes there's not. That's just the child's rhythm. I'm thinking about it with my boys who had their own rhythm around things like learning to ride a bike and learning how to swim. And I remember the pressure to get our kids into swim lessons and get the training wheels off. So this rush... We live in a very rushed culture in so many ways, maybe in every way, from milestones, developmental milestones, to life transitions. You know, I'll have clients who maybe are 30 years old and are in their first romantic relationship, and the shame, like there's something wrong with that.
1: And I think some of it comes from knowing that there's a certain wisdom to finding a flow where you're not moving too quickly, but you're not moving too slowly. Like, I was talking to my boyfriend Martin about this topic last night, and he said, Mm. I said, when do you slow down the most? Is it when you rock climb? mm he said, I go a little too slowly when I rock climb because sometimes if you go too slowly, you can't do what you need to do. Hmm. And I, I, I know this from, I haven't, I've only rock climbed outside once, but I've gone to the gym, the rock climbing gym many times. And there is a certain, there's a slowing down with your breath and there's a certain, there are moments to go slow. And then there are moments when you just have to leap or you're not gonna, you won't be able to hang on too long. Mm. So there's like this wisdom in learning about yourself and your rhythm and noticing, discerning what is just your true rhythm and and that's okay and then when is there a moment where it's like all right now's the time for the quick move yes
0: noticing so far as we are intentionally speaking more slowly, taking more pauses. I'm noticing, I'm, I'm curious what it's like for you.
1: Because I do hang out in my head a lot. I think my my brain goes to, oh, I, I hope this is okay for people to listen to. Hmm. I hope this isn't frustrating for them to listen to. Mm. I, I hope people will stick with us. <laughs> but it feels mm-hmm. good in the moment. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a little bit of like, In those pauses, I don't know like, oh, is Cheryl just collecting herself and she's ready to say something or is it okay for me to say something now? It's Mm -hmm. a different rhythm from the type of conversation that Mm -hmm. I'm most accustomed to and most people are accustomed to listening to. So I have all these thoughts and that's I think the fastest part of me is just how many thoughts I have going in my brain all the time. (laughs) hmm so I noticed those thoughts about is this okay is this okay for other people but like in my body I'm just sitting in a dim very dim room with just a salt lamp and a candle mm. and just feeding off of your voice mm. and rhythm It's like, ah, my nervous system. Mm. And even just knowing like we're not trying to solve anything right right now. (laughs) It's like, yeah.
0: That's what's coming for me is we're not trying to make a point. We're not trying to, yeah, solve anything. We're in exploratory Territory. And it reminds me of Marion Woodman, Jungian analyst, and the way she speaks, even though she definitely speaks more quickly than we're speaking right now. She speaks from her body, and she'll say in her recording, she's no longer alive, but she would say, If you need that big bang of a of a point you're going to be frustrated by listening to me speak because i speak in spirals i don't speak in the linear fashion that we've been taught i've certainly been taught by academia academics to speak in a linear way to write in a linear way You have your thesis statement you explain the thesis statement in very organized paragraphs it's all very organized and linear and it leads to your conclusion and there is definitely a place for that i appreciate i still write most things in that way but there's also a place to not really know where it's going, to speak from your body, to let the moment guide you, to trust. Maybe it's not the most scintillating, fascinating conversation we've ever had. Maybe there's not, huge aha moments that are going to be ignited but maybe like you're saying it's not really about the words it's about the tone of our voices it's about the energy of the spaces where we're meeting i have my candle lit it's not dark here but it's overcast It's quiet, I'm noticing the environment more than I normally would, I think, when we're recording. And so there's there's a field that we're creating by letting slowness be the guide as opposed to a big bang of a thesis statement and also i am aware as well where where will this land will people be bored and then it brings up the conversation of boredom mm. And why are we so terrified of boredom? And how in this age where we're living, we almost never have to feel bored because there's always something to stimulate our attention, even if it's not fulfilling. Although I think we've all had the experience of mindless scrolling being incredibly boring. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not giving us what we hoped it would give us. I certainly have. When I turn to my phone and I'm after a few minutes, I just this is so boring. <laughs> I'd rather just be regular bored than screen board. And so I would just invite people, if they're still with us at This, you know, we're at 26 minutes of recording to notice what's coming up for you in the slowness. Noticing if you're thinking, okay, we'll get to the point or what are you going to give me? And not that our audience really thinks like that, but just to notice what's coming up for you. Notice if. Boredom is here. I'm sort of envisioning the members that we have had contact with in our Patreon meetups and the way that they've described listening to the podcast on a Sunday night, folding laundry on the bed with a cup of tea. And curious where this sort of different conversation might land.
1: What you said about being terrified of boredom I think there's just this fear of death Mm. in the fear of slowness, the fear of what's gonna catch up with me. Mm -hmm. And what will I notice that I don't want to spend time with? Yeah. Because like I said, I'm no stranger to going, going, going. That's been my mode for the past couple of years. Mm. Aside from what I'm just numbing out. <laughs> mm-hmm. But what's so interesting about that fear of boredom Is I think when we really slow down and it can be hard because like, I think I heard Brene Brown talk about this, but I could not remember where, I think on one of her podcasts that it's so hard to decelerate. Mm. It's hard to slow down and then it's hard to get the momentum going again. So we kind of just want to keep <laughs> zipping along at 65 miles an hour. But when we do, I think about the summer of 2020 when Mm -hmm. things were a lot more shut down still. And I spent a lot of time going for walks at this one particular spot, this meadow, at a place called the Great Swamp here in New Jersey. And it wasn't like a quick, you know, I, I wasn't trying to get my heart rate up. This was just a flat one mile kind of loop. Yeah. And I watched this meadow every day. Something changed. Mm. Like it wasn't boring at all because I had the time to stop and really look at it. And I think that's why when people talk about slowing down, so often we talk about connecting to nature in conjunction Mm -hmm. with that, because nature is changing. Like, If you actually have the time to stop and notice, you will notice something new or different every day or every couple of days. And you'll actually notice just how different the seasons are and how different your days could be in rhythm with them. Yeah. So I just find it interesting because I always do have that fear of boredom. And yet, when I'm actually able to get my nervous system into the slowness, so not just like shoving myself into slowness, (laughs) That doesn't work. (laughs) No. But when I'm able to gradually move into it, I often notice beauty, you know, maybe some poetry bubbles up. Mm -hmm. And I think about, you know, I went to a yoga class for the first time since before COVID hit, it was outside this yoga teacher Kai Mohammed I interviewed her for perennials she's amazing mm. and she's doing a class this summer at her in her sister's backyard mm. and you can't like crank into yoga poses like you use your breath to slowly gradually find more length or find mm. more space mm. You ease into it.
0: Yeah. Mm. I'm noticing as I'm listening to you the different quality of spaciousness in this conversation and a deeper listening, knowing that I'm not going to jump in. I have so many thoughts as you're talking, but I'm going to wait until I am sure that your thought process is complete for that moment. And it's such a different, it feels so honoring of the person who's speaking. It reminds me again, as we talked about in another episode about the format of counsel and the deep listening, knowing that only one person can speak at a time and there's no crosstalk No one is going to respond to you with words. And how that allows, it invites more slowness because you're not rushing to get in all your thoughts before the person interjects. And I'm thinking about how in our family here, how often we talk over each other and how frustrating it is and how it's beautiful in a way because we have so much to say and everybody wants to jump in with their ideas. But at least once a day, one of us in this family says, you just interrupted me. And we have to slow it down and the person will say, I'm sorry, keep going. But how we literally will speak over somebody to get our own idea out there. And it's a very frustrating experience to be communicating, speaking, sharing, and to be talked over, to be interrupted. And so it feels almost revolutionary to dialogue in this way where we know there's going to at least be a second or two after we stop talking And you do this so beautifully always in our episodes anyway, Victoria. I have noticed that about you, that you do pause. And you mentioned that in another episode, that that is intentional to allow for that pause, even if it's awkward, or you're worried that the other person might think it's awkward. But it's a true listening and then i might find that all those fabulous ideas that i thought i had to communicate with with the spaciousness there's more discernment and there's more intentionality about what do i really want to say just thinking about how loud and full our world is right now in terms of words and content, the internet world. And I think slow is a cousin of quiet, is a cousin of silence even. but one of the things that did come to mind when you were speaking, I think because it feels so good right now to me, is even if boredom does come up, I think we collectively long for, we crave, we crave permission to be slow. That slow is a cousin of being instead of doing. And there's so much pressure to keep doing. And we long for the, the space and the time, the time to not rush, to be.
1: I actually have tears in my eyes right now. Mm. Mm. Because there is something like so ungentle <laughs> about the speed at which we are expected and sometimes even kind of forced to live and operate. Yes.
0: Yes, sometimes forced.
1: And I was just picturing, like, as you were talking, I was thinking about that yoga class yesterday morning Mm. and being in Shavasana, just lying there. And when Kai, the yoga teacher, came around, you know how sometimes when you're in shavasana the teacher will come with something that smells really good mm-hmm. and they'll just she just you know like pulled my arms out a little bit wider and then pressed my shoulders back to like open mm. my chest and tears filled my eyes in that moment mm. that moment of like there's nothing for you to do right now not even a yoga pose yes just be right here and then in that moment of stillness and silence and slowness to just feel compassionate kind presence mm. I almost wonder if that's why we're so afraid to slow down because we don't expect there to be compassionate, warm, kind presence waiting for us. Mm.
0: You just took my breath away. And I think that's one of the connections between slowness and the fear of death. It's the fear of being so horribly alone. If we can keep busy and keep contorting and keep tap dancing, we don't have to face the alone and our obsession with screens gives us that temporary illusion that we're not alone that we're connected so it's one thing to be in slowness by oneself but another to be in slowness in the company of somebody else somebody safe and compassionate And then where I go is I don't think we're ever alone. That when I slow down, it's the only time I can feel the connection to something bigger than me, something other than me. connection to nature, being with nature, connection to my ancestors, to my lineage. If I don't have those stop points, those pause points in a day, I don't feel right inside. I don't know that that was always true for me. Maybe that's something that has grown more in the last decade or so. But for me, I can't contact the deepest place in my soul and the place of spirit, the down, the inwardness, the ground and the expansive, the sky, the places I can't prove, but I know are around me. If I don't slow down,
1: I think you are so important to people because you are a model for that compassionate kind warm presence like Kai is a model for that Mm. it's hard to contact that if people don't have experience of it in the world yes. Yes. and seeking it out is so important for so many people i think they're not just alone in the slowness they have a bully in their head mm. yes, who shows up So, finding, like Dave talked about in the Father Wound episode, finding fairy godfathers out there. Hmm. Finding fairy godfathers and fairy godmothers. But I think as much as we can, even just now and then, find them in person when we can and be in their presence, it's so powerful. Does that make sense? I think it's one of the most important pieces.
0: And I think it's why most therapists since COVID hit are booked with mile-long waiting lists
1: Mm.
0: because a good therapist, as you and I both know, can serve as the fairy godmothers, the fairy godfathers, the elders, the, the, the guides. And therapy can be so, it's an extraordinary and unusual model. Where else do we get to go and sit for a whole hour or 50 minutes or whatever it is, and have somebody deeply attune, listen, be that loving and compassionate presence, that sense of, I'm not alone right now. Somebody is holding my psyche with me is holding my heart, holding my shadow, creating this safe environment where I can bring out these places of wound and pain and trauma. And it's, I think one of the deepest Forms of listening because a good therapist, skilled therapist, will not only listen to the words, they're listening on every level. They're listening to your body. They're listening to your heart. They're listening to what you're not saying. They're watching. They're witnessing. They're tracking you in sacred space. And you can't rush it. There are, of course, many different modalities and some are more finite and some are bound by insurance. But the deep... If you're lucky enough to be in ongoing therapy, it has its own arc, it has its own rhythm. You can't rush it. That song, that beautiful song by Trevor Hall, You Can't Rush Your
1: Healing. Do you know that song, Victoria? No. Oh. I'm certainly going to look it up now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh. You can't rush your healing. We try to because we're told, aren't you over your grief by now as someone, you know, looking at tapping their watch? Aren't you over your pain? Aren't you over the breakup by now? No. It's slower than that. Grief is slow. And I think people are afraid. It's one of the fears of slowing down is might I meet my grief? Because grief will not come out in the mad pace of a day.
1: that just like you can't rush your healing it helps me to feel invited into slowness when i go into an environment where i can't rush it and i feel Mm. the slowness kind of enter me on a bodily level Mm. so I also, this weekend, I went tubing on the Delaware River Mm. with Martin and a few friends, and it took us six hours to float nine miles, which is a pretty slow pace. Mm. And all we did was talk, and it was not boring. You know, it was like utter peace. (sighs) It's like how I feel after... A long day of hiking, expending energy, you know, maybe, maybe moving quickly as you're getting chased by storm clouds, whatever might be happening. And then at the end of the day, at night, lying in a hammock by the campfire, just listening to it crackle and knowing there's nowhere else to be. There's nothing else to do for the day. There's no cell phone service here. Mm. And I think the environment for me is another place if I go into environments that just invite or even possibly demand some slowness it enters my body in a different way. And that's that's available, even I know a great therapist is not available to everyone, even though they should be. But hopefully, we can all find our pockets of relationships and environments where we are invited into and embraced in slowness. Mm. Again,
0: I have this image of that river that you were floating Mm. down as a being, Mm. as a therapist of sorts, Mm. as a, a nurturing mother, as nature can be for so many of us. This curving, winding, you're in the water, you're in the raft, you're floating like being in the womb mm. and water water is that for so many people it's such a nurturing calming source and so we resist it and we think maybe from a distance that sounds boring But I think when we go underneath that and we allow, like what you're saying, the environment required me. I was required, I was invited into slowness. There was no other way to do it but to float and talk and let the water guide me at the water's pace not at my human pace. We were at the water's pace. And again, I I can feel into my own longing and craving for more of that and the collective longing to float on a river for six hours with people we like and love, it sounds like heaven to me.
1: Mm. This conversation has been like heaven to me.
0: Me too. (laughs) And amazingly, I feel like we could talk about it for another hour. I know. (laughs) Like there's so many offshoots that are coming to mind for me about couples and about parenting, some of the choices that we made early on in our parenting about not overscheduling about homeschooling and also despite all that it's still been fast and it's still been too full too much i'm still tired and I think what I would like to say is, as we're winding down is that it's not easy. Our culture does not make it easy to be slow. And so if you're having any self-judgment or guilt or shame coming up about your pace or your children or any of that, to please be kind to yourself. We are pushed in every area from every realm to move at the pace of the culture. And we're all just doing the best we can to retrieve and reclaim pockets of slowness, pockets of time when we can just be and float and not do and achieve and check off the boxes on our to-do lists. But if there's anything that has landed for you in this last hour, as a longing to listen, to listen to the longing and to slowly and gently sit with it and become curious about how might I bring just a little bit more slowness into my life.
1: Cheryl thank you Victoria